Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Broncos podcast. I'm Chris Braden. Got Big O along the side. Believe in the Broncos podcast is presented by Bet Online. Oh, we've been able to let this. Losing to the Raiders is just hard. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've been a bit surly all week. I'm looking forward to this game. Maybe the Broncos can get a win. Like, my big thing right now is to make sure the Seahawks are not quite as happy as they want to be with that first-round pick. Yeah, unfortunately, that's, like, all the hope that we have here in Bronco country. You know, we thought we were going to be winning a lot of football games. We thought that, you know, we would be able to turn this place into a destination place. Obviously, we thought we'd have above a way above 500 record right now, but the harsh reality is that we don't have those things. So when you don't have those things, you have to find little ways to, as a fan, to be invested into this football team. And right now, if the season was to end, Chris, the horrible news is that we would be sending the fifth overall pick right now to the Seattle Seahawks. And that's super unfortunate. So it's like, let's get some wins. Let's get right. something going. Let's get something going where we're not just giving away uh, a premium draft pick. You know, when you look back at this Broncos organization and franchise, not too often have we had the, the fifth overall pick. You know, we had it with Chubb. We had mm-hmm. it with Vaughn at the number two. And then I think there's been one or two other times in the history of this franchise. So this franchise is not used to being picking that low. And that's a that's a, a awesome pick, obviously, you know, to be able to pick in the top five in the draft. But unfortunately, we've been giving that away to a rival. So that sucks. <laughs> you know, before we get into breaking down the Panthers game, I've been listening. When you watched last week's game, I know you've been watching film all week. Was there any positives you were able to gain out of especially that first half, because we all know everything started falling apart at the end of the first half and then going into the second half. Was there any positive things you could see where Clint Kubiak was doing things a little bit different than um, Hackett was? Yeah, so that quick passing game, right? Um, That quick passing game, obviously Clint Kubiak is a lot more in sync with Russell Wilson. You know, Russell Wilson had 31 attempts on the day last week against the Las Vegas Raiders and had 24 completions. You know, that tells me immediately that Clint Kubiak is going to call a better game for his quarterback than Nathaniel Hackett. And Clint Kubiak should because that's his position coach, right? Russell Wilson and Clint Kubiak, that is quarterback coach and quarterback. So he's going to understand what Russ likes. He's going to understand what Russ is trying to get to. He's going to understand that based on just conversations and being around him majority of the time. You know, with Nathaniel Hackett, you 
I kind of like the move of, of skipping Justin Outen, even though, you know, I know he's got some criticism, but he's never called plays in the National Football League. He was a tight ends coach last year in Green Bay. Um, right now, being the offensive coordinator, you're facilitating. You oversee the offense, right? Um, with Nathaniel Hackett, he had to facilitate and oversee the team. With Clint Kubiak, he had to facilitate the quarterback room and oversee the quarterbacks, right? So he's meeting with Josh Johnson, Brett Rippon, and Russell Wilson on a day-to-day basis and spending majority of his time there. So those guys are having, like, if I was to put it, like, just short and sweet, let's imagine probably Russell Wilson spending 40 hours a week with Clint Kubiak, right? Well, he's not spending that near that much time with Nathaniel Hackett. It just doesn't happen like that. Nathaniel Hackett has to oversee the whole entire football team. He has to be in and out of meetings. He has to deal with the media. If Justin Outen had become the play caller, it'd be a lot of the same things where Outen is overseeing the whole offense. He has to check in with Curtis Mockins. He has to check in with Butch Berry. He has to check in with all these different coaches. Zach Izzani with the wide receivers and also Clint Kubiak with the quarterback. So stretch very thin. With Clint Kubiak, that's a guy that comes to work each and every day in his office and his meeting room is that meeting room that the quarterbacks are always in. So I kind of like the, you know, bypassing of Justin Outen situation. But, you know, they definitely seemed a lot more in sync with uh, the plays, the type of plays. And it seemed like Russ was a lot more comfortable with those plays because he was able to get a lot of completions and be the most efficient he's been for the Broncos all year. And something that Clint did that we haven't seen all year was like, that quick pitch run where they yeah. got the ball outside quick, which I really liked. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's something that is just a, like a, a semi toss where it's more quick pitching. And, and what that's designed to do, Chris, is that's anytime you play a lot against linebackers that are fast flowing, it, it screws up the linebacker because they see pitch and they start screaming over the top. So they essentially run themselves out of the play and make it an easier block for the offensive alignment. So that was a nice adjustment now to get the offensive alignment on the toes of these linebackers faster because you are on right now. I mean, we have who, who's starting at right tackle for us? Cam Fleming. Yep. That's well, that was our starter at the start of the year. But we know that they wanted Billy Turner to be that guy. We've seen Quinn, Quinn Bailey at that position. We've seen Calvin Anderson at that position as well. So there has been multiple different people playing for this offensive line. Uh, Calvin Anderson right now is your third string left tackle because it was Garrett Bowles, then Calvin Anderson, then or then Cam Fleming, then Calvin Anderson, right? Um, we know that we're on our backup center in Gangasco. So because of these things, and Quinn Miners being a, a guy, a Division three player a couple of years ago, because of these things, you're depleted. So it was a nice adjustment to help out the offensive line you know, be able to get on these linebackers a lot faster. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews, news for every single league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device to join today. And- and make your first sports bet. Use promo code BELIEVE50. That's B L E A V 50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. 
You know, the, the other thing, too, um, listening to the radio, you can hear Big O on the fan. Um, Players Club, but anytime you turn on your radio recently, Big O's right there. The narrative has been who's running this thing. And I think really from the outside looking in, I feel like Russ has been getting up a little bit rough because everyone's saying Russ runs all this. Hackett's only doing what Russ wants to do. And it's funny because if I look at it and they're like, oh, he'll never wear a wristband. And next thing you know, he's wearing a wristband. And, you know, it doesn't seem like Russ is being – malleable to any suggestions that they get am i wrong on that um so i'll tell you this i don't know who's running anything right we'll never know who's running anything because we're not in those meetings Mm -hmm. i will tell you this when russell wilson gets up there and he talks about you know what he's done in the past and he's like you know i've had a lot of success in the shotgun um you know moving the pocket um you know, being able to be under center, all these different things. Russ tends to talk about him a little bit too much for me, Chris, Um, because you're only, I'll remember, I remember this vividly when I was a rookie and I didn't have no OTAs because I came in the year of the lockout and I get there and I have, I'm, I'm on the right side. So I'm playing right tackle. They're basically speaking a new language to me because I've never heard this terminology before. Right. And, you know, I'm the second round pick and I'm the day one right tackle starter. And oh, by the way, every single day I'm going against Elvis Dumerville, pretty good player. Um, Robert Ayers, first round pick out of Tennessee two years before I got to the Broncos. And oh, Von Miller, pretty good player. Right. So those are the three defensive ends. Back then we ran a four three system. Those are the three defensive ends that I'm going against. And for me, you know, I was getting my butt kicked each and every day. There's no, there's no me lying about it. You know, this is my first time ever playing on the right side. I'm learning a new language, new terminology. I'm out there day one. This playbook, instead of a 200-play playbook in college, now I just went to a 500-play playbook. So there's so many different things, right? This game also moves 10 times faster than a college game. And for me, pass blocking was something that I had to work on. So I remember Brandon Lloyd, it was like day six of training camp. And he pulls me aside one day in, in practice and says, hey, we're only strong as our weakest link. And right now, you're, you're our weakest link. Ouch. That is an ouch, right? Mm-hmm. And that made me frustrated. And that I wanted to strangle the heck out of Brandon Lloyd because <laughs> I felt very disrespected in his comment. But at the same time, you know, I also always have to put myself in the other person's perspective. And he's absolutely right. As an offense, we're only strong as our weakest link. And if I am a weak link, if, I, if I'm not taking care of business, once we get in games, teams are going to be able to recognize that and then be able to expose me. So why do I say this? When Russ continues to talk about himself, well, Russ, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Football is the ultimate team sport. With football, all 11 guys have to be on the same page in order to have success. 10 guys could be on the same page and one guy could mess up and that play could be an absolute disaster. So I want Russ to stop talking about things that he's done in the past and the success that he's have done in the past because unfortunately Broncos have a losing culture. They've lost a lot of football games. They don't know how to dig themselves out of holes. They don't know how to sustain leads. And when you start talking about, oh, I've done this, I've done that, and I've had success this way, success that way. But what about 
you know, this banged up offense line, how have they had success? You know, mm-hmm. so it's all about putting them in the best position to succeed. And I saw Clint do a little bit more of that. Yeah, I know the results weren't great. Broncos only scored 16 points. And I think that has a lot to do with the mindset and the culture. But at the same time, from a, a schematic system wise, it was a lot more plays being ran where you had the personnel out there to have an opportunity to be successful. When right. you're going out there and you're living in a shotgun world, that's not, you don't have the guys out there to be successful. I tell people all the time with Trent Williams, right? Trent Williams is a pretty good left tackle in the National Probably Football best, League, yeah. right? Probably the best. Highest graded left offensive lineman last year on pro football focus, right? Trent Williams, if you watch him, Trent Williams will tell you what he's doing every single time with his feet and how he gets in his stance. But he doesn't care because he's a super athlete and an absolute freak. Trent will tell you if he's pass blocking. Trent will tell you if he's on the front side of a run, on the back side of a run. I promise you, you could look and key it every single day. This is something that I had to track last year being on San Francisco's coaching staff. I had to track that for Chris Forster, the offensive line coach. And although it doesn't affect Trent Williams when he tells anything with his feet, because he's a mega athlete, it affects the left guard. If the, if, if the team knows that the, that his pass and the left guard did, now is going against a absolute beast like a Chris Jones type at the defensive tackle, it's going to affect right. the center. It's going to affect the right guard. It's going to affect the right tackle. So it's going to affect all these people, all while not affecting Trent Williams. So just because an athlete or a player has had success or, you know, they could give a tell and they could overcome that, because they are just a, a unicorn, basically, at that position, doesn't mean that everybody else is going to be able to have success. So that's what kind of bothers me about Russ when he talks about himself and the success that he's had before, because that's why we play this game. It's the ultimate right. team sport, and we have to rely on other people in order to have success. So for me, it looked like Clint Kubiak was calling him more, more of a game for the success of the 11 people that were around and not just the success of Russell Wilson or just doing what Russell Wilson likes in a certain situation. You're right. They didn't score a lot of points and hopefully this week against the, against the Panthers are going to be able to get into the twenties. They're going to the East coast early morning game. Broncos usually have a little bit of trouble with these early morning games. Is there a reason for that? Um, I don't know, man. You know, what we did while I was here, we used to go out two days early. Anytime we went to a place where the time zone was two hours ahead. Mm -hmm. So anytime we lost two hours and sometimes as crazy as it is in KC, we would lose two hours. Right. I don't even know how that works. So while I was here for my four years, anytime it was a two hour time change, we would always leave on Friday. And that's just because two hours to with a long flight or even a short flight, you know, the fact that you got to go through TSA and all that stuff. When you, when you bump up two hours, essentially when you get there, it's like almost bedtime, right? And, mm-hmm. or, or you have meetings right away. So it was always nice to get out there on Friday and kind of just have the night off, but still have a curfew. So we'd get right. dinner. That's the only thing that you would do. And now you get a full night's worth of rest. And then come Saturday, you're kind of doing everything and you get some downtime and you're able to, 
you know, kind of get in that playbook one more time or maybe hang out and play cards with the fellows or whatever the case may be. So I think psych- from a psychological standpoint, there's definitely a little bit of an advantage getting out there a little early throughout the week rather than late. You know, the Panthers are going to play Sam Darnold this week. I think right now, really, if you're a fan looking at the two quarterbacks, they're pretty much a similar guy, kind of a, a guy that hasn't reached their potential yet. Are the Panthers just trying to figure out what they have for next year? And is it possible that neither Sam Darnold nor Baker Mayfield are with them next year? Um, I think that I think both of them are going to be with them. Um, okay. You know, Sam Darnold's still on a rookie contract. Mm-hmm. Um, is Baker on a rookie deal still? I, yep. Yeah, I think you still have that fifth-year option mm-hmm. as well. You know, that's going to keep those quarterbacks low. And right now, I, I think it's more of an audition, right? Okay. You're auditioning all these quarterbacks, and basically you're trying to showcase all these quarterbacks to whoever you may be looking for to come in and be that guy moving forward, right? So um, it's it's more... For me, I, I think anytime you have quarterbacks, remember, these guys are both top five picks as well, Chris. Mm-hmm. So anytime you have quarterbacks, you're, you're not you're going to try to figure it out. Right. And, and right now it's more of an audition to get some stuff on tape. So when you start interviewing those head coaches after this season, you're being able to ask them directly, you know, how do you fix Sam Darnold? How do you fix Baker Mayfield? What do this person does good? Right. Because everybody. When you audition for an interview, you better go in there and have some answers to some of some of the issues that have been in the past, right? Yep. You said something on um, the last show that you like what the Panthers are doing a little bit better than what the Broncos are doing right now. What did you mean by that? And what can we look for in this game on Sunday where we can be like, oh, yeah, I kind of like I like what they're doing over there. The Broncos need to think about that a little bit. Um, just as far as, you know, that's a team that consistently understands their identity. Sure. You know, um, I, I look at that football team and I look at, you know, Christian McCaffrey being their second lead rusher. Well, obviously there is a second lead rusher, right? Because he was the featured guy when he was there. So in playing 11 games and having 65, uh, having 85 attempts, he averaged 4.6 yards a carry. So that team understands their identity as the offensive line, and they're willing to bust their butts to make sure they get it done in the run game. But I look at uh, Chiba uh, Herburn, yeah. and he's averaging over four yards a carry. And I look at Deontay Foreman, who's their lead back now, and he's their lead back on that football team. He's averaging 4.4. So that's a team that understands a little bit more about their identity than I would say the Denver Broncos do. because, And they're willing to stick with the running game, right? Right. You know, they're willing to stay consistent, stay patient, and make sure that whatever quarterback, doesn't matter who they have at the quarterback, Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker, uh, Jacob Eason, when he was there <laughs> for the one game, Sam mm-hmm. Darnold, you know, getting his first start this year, kind of doesn't matter who it is. They're going to run the heck out of the football, and they're going to stay true to it. When I look at the Broncos now, just how they've done their, their year, you know, the Broncos, two leading running backs, Melvin Gordon playing 10 games. He's no longer here, but he averaged 3.5 yards a carry. Latavius Murray, who has emerged kind of as the lead back, and he's been here for five games. He's averaged 3.3 yards a carry. Mm-hmm. So the Broncos have not got it done nowhere near in the run game this season, right? The only person that's averaging more than three point, more than four yards a carry is Javante Williams. He did it in four games, right? right. So 
I look at the Panthers, you're going to get a heavy doses of run, right? They clear, have a clear-cut lead back. Deontay Foreman's going to get 20 carries this week if the game is close, which we're all anticipating the game being closed. So they're willing to now give that running backs 20 carries also where the Broncos want to split carries for some reason. So <laughs> hopefully that's not a, the case this week because I know that Marlon Mack should be up and activated, but maybe just keep him more of in a third down role and, and maybe we could finally see the week where uh, Latavius Murray gets 20 carries and he's able to deliver some body blows against mm-hmm. his defense. You know, they, the Broncos defense last week, uh, especially at the end of the game, just didn't play very well. Pat Sertan, that is probably the worst game I've ever seen. And that's saying something for a young player like that. He doesn't play, you know, get beat like that very often. There's some key matchups like Moore versus Sertan. Do you think that defense is going to get it back together this week? Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, for me, you know, anytime a defense is able to hold a team of 16 points in regulation, sure. you're like, I, I don't care. They did their job. Um, yeah. Pat Sertain last week, you know, I, I, I got on the show and I told you that the, the subtraction of Kwan Williams will hurt this football team. Mm-hmm. And Kwan not playing hurted this football team. Pat Sertain's now looking in the backfield a little bit too much. And we saw him get exposed last week with Devontae Adams. But always as well, Devontae Adams benefits from Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro not being on the roster and being on IR because you now could play Devontae Adams wherever. You don't have to put him out as an outside receiver. He could go to the slot. He could create mismatches for you. So um, the, the, the Raiders did a great job of taking what the Broncos gave them. But also, certain that was the first time without Kwan Williams, who's a safety net. He's a guy that shows and blitzes for that team. He's a guy that shows up in the run defense as well. So a little bit overthinking the situation going against a really, really good wide receiver. With DJ Moore, really good wide receiver as well. But I anticipate PS2 just following DJ Moore around. And they don't really put DJ all over the football field. He's more of an outside wide receiver. So look for PS2 to, to get back on track this week against DJ Moore. I have a couple last things for you. Melvin Gordon leaving the team. For me, it seemed a little bit too late. It didn't have the effect on the, the team if they would have done it earlier, maybe after that first Raiders game. At this point, he held on so long. I found myself feeling bad for Melvin Gordon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the precedent was set that it's okay to do that. Yeah. So um, for me, Chris, you know, the narrative around Broncos country, one sec. So, you know, everybody thinks that Melvin got released because he fumbles the football. Right. That's That's not the case. Really? No. Everybody sits here and, oh, my goodness gracious, good riddance, the fumbler. Melvin Gordon's always been a fumbler. Mm -hmm. Always. I remember his rookie year. We made him a captain when we were getting ready to go play against the Wisconsin, the the, um, Green Bay Bay Packers, right? Going Mm -hmm. back to Wisconsin. Made him a captain. And he fumbled the ball twice in that game. No. First time being home, fumbled the ball twice that game. Philip Rivers threw for around 500 yards, and we still we lost the football game. And Philip Rivers comes off the field after Melvin Gordon's fumble, second fumble, and it's like, well, make him a damn captain then. Make him a damn captain. That 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 makes sense, right? Because you're making this rookie a captain. Um, Melvin Gordon's always been a fumbler. That's what the National Football League knows Melvin Gordon as. 
he was always here with the Broncos, despite being a fumbler. Mm-hmm. Um, the Broncos looked at Melvin Gordon and said, I'm going to go get, we're going to go get this guy when John Elway went and got him originally. And you had Philip Lindsay here who had never fumbled the football, a two-time 1,000-yard rusher from Scrimmage, right? And everybody was all down and mad. But they were the reason why they went and got Melvin Gordon was because his ability to pass protect and his ability to pick up the blitz. So all this time that everybody's screaming and, oh, it's too little, too late, and they should have did it five weeks ago. No, they, they were doing it because Melvin Gordon was the safety net on third down. And even with his fumbling issues, he was always willing to go die a slow death and put his body on the line to make sure that his quarterback could try to get the football off. This past week, Melvin Gordon was responsible for two of the three sacks that the Broncos gave up in that football game. So everybody's talking about his fumbles. Obviously, he played more after that fumble. Mm -hmm. But look at the first half, the first sack that the safety blitzes. Melvin Gordon is caught peeking in the backfield and looking behind him and the safety blitzes and triggers behind him. And he doesn't even know where the safety is. He doesn't know the safety blitz behind him. That safety ends up getting the sack. Then after Melvin fumbles now on that same drive, he ends up fumbling later on on that drive right there in uh, in between what? A three yard line, you know, Mm -hmm. right there going in, he fumbles and then the Broncos end up kicking that field goal, right? But they still put him back out there in the second half on that first third down. On that first third down, linebacker triggers. Melvin Gordon hesitates. Linebacker's able to pick Cam Fleming. Defensive ends wrapping. Now you have two free rushers. Where Melvin triggers fast enough, he hits that linebacker in the mouth, something that he's done a thousand times in his career. But now he's hesitating. Now he's thinking about the fumbles. Now he's not triggering as fast. So for me... This football team always knew Melvin Gordon was a fumbler. They made him the sixth highest paid running back in the league three years ago, being a fumbler. They still brought him back after free agency, being a fumbler. But they were always bringing him back because of what he done can do on third down. The fact that he could pick up the blitz. The fact that he was the, fa- the safety net, the fail safe for the quarterback. And now that has completely gone out the window and he's struggling with that as well. So that's why he was cut. Not because of the fumble issues. I promise you, if Melvin Gordon only fumbles the football in this game, he's mm-hmm. still a Denver Bronco. The, the writing's on the wall. He's been here two and a half years right. doing the exact same thing. So it's more because of the third down stuff and his inability to pick up the blitz because that's why he's here. And if he's not doing that, he becomes expendable. So before I get your, uh, get your uh, score on the Panthers game, something big here in Colorado, and I don't mean to throw you on the bus, but I'm sure you, you've heard it. This, the CU Buffalo football team are, is sniffing around at Deion Sanders as possibly the head coach for the Buffs. Do they have any chance of getting Deion here in Colorado? Wow. You know. Because he is a Florida guy. Yeah, he is a Florida guy. But here's my take on that. Um, that would be absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. for this football team. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be absolutely, like, it, the thing that Dion would do immediately is he would keep all the good players of Colorado at home. Yep. Um, he would also now, you know, those NIL dollars, that's, mm-hmm. that would come pouring in. People would get behind Dion immediately and start pouring money into that program. 
So I think if there's any opportunity to get a guy like Dion, you got to push all your eggs in the basket and push all the chips in the middle of the table and you got to go get him because CU is in a unique situation where assistant coaches are only able to sign one-year deals. And if you could only sign a one-year deal, it's hard to get some of these kids to commit to you when you walk into their living room to an 18-year-old that knows that, hey, these guys only get one-year deals. Kids are looking for stability. Um, So Dion would be great for that program. And and hopefully that those rumors are true and and hopefully CU does everything that they can because that's a, a quick way from going to, I mean, I think ESPN or whoever came out with, you know, the worst football teams in college football, and they were up there. That would be the quickest way to get off that list, in my opinion. It's good stuff. All right, Big O, we got the Broncos at the Panthers tomorrow morning. Make sure you get up and watch it early. Don't go, don't go to church and forget about the game. Go to church early. And yeah. then watch the game at 11. So, Big O, how do you think this game's going tomorrow? Um, so I look at this, you know, I look at this um, Carolina's football team and, you know, Carolina's also a football team that's struggling. Obviously, you can look at their record and I look at also what Clint Kubiak has done and, and the fact that, you know, he's trending in the right direction. I anticipate that he's going to stick with that that quick passing game. Because when you look at Carolina's defense, you got to worry about uh, Brian Burns, right? Their defensive end, eight sacks on the year, 50, uh, f- uh, five tackles, four losses. Um, so you, you start looking just how good this guy is. High motor guy, right? You know, has 50 tackles on the year total. And you, you got to make sure that you take care of him. So don't allow this guy to attack Cam Fleming. Don't allow this guy to attack Calvin Anderson. So I anticipate a high dose of the, of the quick passing game. But also, you know, Clint Kubiak should be better in his second outing of calling plays for Russell Wilson as well. So I think the Broncos are going to figure this thing out. Hopefully, Dwayne Stukes figures out, hey, man, I got Jalen Virgil up and Kendall Hinton also up. Hopefully, it's not a situation where Montreal Washington just has to be the guy. They have right. to start holding guys more accountable uh, for this football team. Montreal Washington had that drop coming out of it to start the second half against the Las Vegas Raiders last week on that kickoff return. So hopefully you create more competition. Um, not worried about this defense getting after this Carolina Panthers offense. This Carolina Panthers offense last week was, I mean, just absolutely did nothing, right? Three right. points. So I think it's all favored for the Broncos. So I got the Broncos figuring it out, getting to 21 this week. Got the score 21 to 14. Good stuff. I'm with you. I think uh, Clint Kubiak's going to go look at what he did in the first half. And I think we might see a full game of that. Maybe we can make some adjustments at halftime, which would be really cool to see. So I'm with you. I think the Broncos are going to win. I think it's going to be 24-17 Broncos. And if they can get 24 on the board, how exciting would that be? Uh, That'd be a season high. That'd be extremely exciting. That's so sad. Um, yeah, that that's the crazy part about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm right there with you, Chris. I have to find a way to to go out there and and it doesn't matter. That's the thing about football. It doesn't matter who you beat. If you're able to kind of put it all together, that could be that springboard that you need to go forward. So hopefully they're able to get it together because this is a, a weaker opponent and this is opponent that the Broncos should go out there and take care of so hopefully they're able to build on last week's performance 
that's Orlando Franklin. You can follow him on social at OFranklin74. Listen to him on the Players Club on 104.3 The Fan. Good stuff, Big O. Hopefully next week we'll have something positive to talk. I'm feeling good about this one. Like last week, I, I felt halfway good. I feel really good this week. I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm right there with you. So hopefully the Broncos get a W. All right, man. Good stuff. Catch you next week. Sounds good. Thanks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.